I'm going to argue with Jason that there's no such thing as a double switcheroo. Eh, Frank's a loser. Lodero. So I officially hate like 94% of Atlanta fans. Guys, I'm going to make you set down your teacups and take your pinky fingers and put them back into the fist that they need to be in because this has gotten far too cordial. I lost to the freaking cat team. Just a whisker. A whisker of a loss. Was that a rational RSL take from Jason? Hey, I, I, I'm probably the most rational RSL fan. You just got lawyered by a non-lawyer, bro. Hello and welcome to episode 30 of the MLS Fantasy Insider Podcast, our review of round 23 and preview of round 24. This episode is brought to you by Kaka Facial Massage, making sure you get the friendly care you deserve, no matter the cost. Uh, no, 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 no. Um, I mean, brought to you by MLSFantasyBoss.com and the awesome subreddit community of r slash fantasy MLS. I'm your host, Reed Connolly from MLSFantasyBoss.com. And tonight I am joined by Michael Denton, Jason Wiskovich, and our special guest, Ryan Anderson, who is an author at MLSFantasyBoss.com and the man behind the at MLSFantasyStats Twitter account. How are you guys doing? Doing well, doing well, Reed. Hello, friends. Hello, yeah, thanks, Ryan, for being able to join us tonight. Uh, happy to have you. I am very excited to be here ever since I have started. This is actually my first year in uh, in Major League Soccer Fantasy, and so I'm excited to be on the podcast in my first year doing this. It's a great podcast. <laughs> nice. Yeah, welcome, and welcome, welcome to, to the family. Um, you had some good stuff. Like, I see people who have... Twitter accounts that last for a few weeks, maybe maybe a little bit longer. Sometimes you're a person named Aaron who just makes <laughs> Twitter accounts compulsively. Oh, I don't know. Um, oh, but uh, bless no, your heart, Aaron. Like a reach just went there. Like, <laughs> yeah, I love Aaron. I love Aaron. Bless He's your great. heart. But I mean, people have different uh, different amounts of commitment to to what they do with the fantasy. Uh, there's <laughs> us, and then other people. And so we're happy to have you among here. You've had some really good stuff and glad to give you some more exposure through the website and the podcast. So Yeah, thanks. Thanks, yeah. Um, but guys, let's talk about round 23. Uh, some interesting things happened. Let's start out. How did your teams do, Jason? Yeah, so I finished with 67 points. Um, average was 53. Uh, round rank of 5,951. Um Overall rank of 149, so I've seen red arrows for pretty much the second consecutive week, which breaks my heart. And my team value is $111 million, 0.6. <laughs> Very nice, Mike. Uh, I did a little bit better. I got 76. Um, I, I captain Lee Wynn uh, and, and then betrayed my... Uh, blue side of new york and got a whole bunch of red bulls players it didn't really pan out uh, especially collection and long uh and then i had disappointment in spong but other than that seattle hit for me uh david via did nothing except for that one goal and that was plenty enough and um yeah uh got green arrows so it's kind of a wacky week um for the players up front uh, a lot of the players we were expecting to hit didn't but um yeah managed at least to get some green arrows ryan I got 71, and uh, I also captained Win. My stats told me to captain Giovinco, but I would have gotten a whopping three more points off of that. And I'm at rank, let's see what I'm at right now, 294 overall. Green arrows for about half my leagues. 
Very nice. Yeah, I uh, had a switcheroo that helped me move from all red arrows to green arrows with one red, and a couple stayed the same. I had a switcheroo between Torres and Long, and when that went into effect, I had three Seattle defenders, so I got those three clean sheet bonuses, and that helped me earn 72 points this fantasy round. Uh, moves into 208th place overall. So I had a couple of rough weeks. I'm on the back. Uh, on my way back to doing better. I'm hoping to crack back to the top 100 by the end of the season. Uh, I also, Captain Wynn, did not work out. I'm anti-Geo, so no problems there. I had BWP and Via and Sapong. So I got a couple of goals. Disappointed by Sapong, indeed. Uh, but yeah, like you, Mike, my other Red Bulls players did not come through for me. I had Cropper on the bench, and I wish I had had him in the goal. But... Uh, my value for my team is 112.9. So had a kind of stayed around that 112 mark, and I think I'll be able to crack 113 pretty soon, though I know other people already have. So uh, the average points overall for that round 23 was 53. So if you did better than that, you're, hey, you're above average. Uh, I think for a lot of the, the hardcore active people, you're probably looking at scores more in the 60s or 70s. So I think we kind of fell mm -hmm. in that in that pretty good range. Maybe even in in, in the 50s, since with our 70-point scores, we had a lot of, of green arrows. Highest points was 107, so still cracking that century mark every round, I believe, so far this season. Uh, Mike, you did say some unexpected things happened, and I definitely agree. Some of the ones I'm going to point out right now, uh, I have a note here, tough times in Seattle. And even though Seattle got the win, I know I expected a lot more from them after Sporting Kansas City had gone 120 in that Open Cup. What about you all? Yeah, yeah. Um, I almost kind of felt bad not picking up Dempsey um, when you saw Sporting Kansas City not have a par in that lineup. Um, you were expecting more from Seattle at home as, with SKC doing that 120. Um, I mean, I think Philadelphia is probably other the big offensive disappointment. I mean, the Red Bulls scored three goals, but it wasn't with the right people. Kind of the same right, with Toronto. Right. Um, you know, a bunch of goals, but they all came from Moro. <laughs> like, wait, what? Um, you know, Giovinco got only one assist. Josie didn't Josie didn't get a goal, I don't think. Uh, he might have gotten an assist. But, uh, yeah, so there were a bunch of, like, games that, even though they were higher scoring, it wasn't the players you were expecting outside of Montreal <laughs> and they were a road team. So yeah, um, just a bunch of like weird uh, matches and results all around. Even the high scoring games weren't the players you were expecting to be the, the ones behind it. I had to tell you, I, I did chuckle to myself when I saw that Gio only got an assist in that Toronto game and it was everybody else who scored because <laughs> he's just, he's just infuriated me so much. And I was finally like, you know what? I'm done. I'm done with him. I'm sticking with it. And I got Via and I couldn't be happier. So it was it was great for me. Now you mentioned the New York game, Mike, and we we teased this in our intro just now. Uh, the note I have here is uh, things got a little handsy in New York with Orlando. Uh, what was up with that? I know, so I am not gonna start bashing the the video review or anything going on. It's new. We're getting the feel from it. I, I've watched the videos, people talking about the spirit of what's going on. And yeah, there was no malice in what was going on. So I'm not going to fault that. It's just a fluke, I think, of, of what's happening. Uh, I don't know, but that was crazy. <laughs> that was definitely crazy. 
I, I can yeah, say I'm actually, I'm actually a referee um, in my in my spare time as well. So I can actually tell you uh, what 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 the rules actually say. That that even if it even if there's no intent necessarily, even if you're on the same team, sometimes um, you can actually get ejected for what appears to be violent uh, conduct in in whatever shape or form, and putting your hands around the throat and across someone's eyes, even if they're both smiling, it can be easily interpreted as violent conduct. And it's like, where do you draw the line if you don't draw the line? It's like, oh, well, they were smiling. So it's like, are they supposed to take smiling into account whenever you... Whenever sure, you sure, I get that. But, and I don't know what the conversation was, but I mean, I can only imagine that that Aurelian Colin went up there and was like, no, we, we weren't. I mean, maybe he didn't. Maybe he was Maybe he was like, oh, yeah, sure, throw him, give him a red card with a minute left in the game. But I would think if a player goes up to you and says, hey, no, we were just goofing off. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that, that something, you could do something there. Well, one thing I'll, I'll say um, is that he didn't, Aurelian Colin didn't think it was a joke at first until he turned around and saw his caca. But if you watch that video, you see Louis Robles almost like rush in until he like realizes like, oh, hey, wait, He's laughing. So there's definitely like a danger of misunderstanding from other teammates who are kind of rushing in to defend their team well, because they don't realize it's, it's sure. a joke. Um, now, uh, we, we've got the information as we've kind of started the recording, but um, Orlando is not appealing that red card. So Kaká is suspended. Um, Orlando put out a very long and tersely worded statement saying that Kaká is innocent. He should have been suspended, but we're not appealing. So. so the words long and terse, I don't usually associate with each other, but okay. <laughs> go, go with that. It's lawyer uh, jargon. What do you expect? Exactly. <laughs> uh, New England, yeah, not the production I think that we had all hoped for down there. Lee Wynn is an awesome player at home in 23 out of 24 weeks of the season. I, I don't know. This is, I think... Uh, a lot of us expected a double-digit week for him. I know I did, and he, we were rewarded with what I think is is his lowest or second lowest point. Home oh, it's, point. it's lowest by two points. His lowest going in this week was five at home. So his lowest total. Um, I mean, it happens. This is the because MLS moment. Everything is pointing at like the stats are pointing at him being good. His play at home points at to him being good. So this isn't, as I like to say on ETR, a situation of you're watching, you're not watching the games, you're looking at the stats. Um, Lee Wynn is a good home captain on a single game week. Period. Um, <laughs> so I have no regrets about that. Uh, Ryan, you have some some stats and numbers. Do do you feel comfortable with something like that? Oh, I I had Wynn as my captain too. He was he was there. I also picked Bundry though, and he got a goal. So I was I was really happy about how the stats pulled him out of the pretty much thin air to to get that goal. Very true. Very true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I started him. It was great. I blame Mike for the the Lee Win debacle. Uh, he told <laughs> me to put him in, but he did um, uh, do himself justice with uh, predicting a New England clean sheet where I had Cropper on my bench and Fry as my keeper, but um, <laughs> no price gain or anything like that, but <laughs> for the MLS show, and I killed it. So thank you for that, Michael, but I hate you for fantasy soccer because I brought in Lee Wynn and he did nothing. Oh, well, he got you three points. There you go. Uh, speaking of getting it done, Jason, uh, your guys from RSL, they grabbed a needed went on the road there against D.C. after those rainy conditions gave him a little bit extra time. Yeah, um, Rocket Raccoon had nothing on Luis Silva's Rocket Volley, which was 
goal of the week material. Um, but yeah, it was a um, typically those type of games where there's a weather delay, especially you know into the next day. It's very hard to predict just because you know the teams either lose momentum, gain momentum, um, you know, lose focus. But you know, uh, I actually thought it was the best RSL has played away this entire year. Um, I was really happy with, with, with the play. I mean, the, the one play that really stands out to my mind was Beckerman's no look back heel pass uh, slash dummy through ball. Um, yeah, it was really, really cool. And Beckerman, if you're listening, please unblock me from Twitter. I'm sorry for making fun of you in 2013. Um, but yeah, RSL won. Um, I'll take three points. I believe we are, what, we're, what is, it? is it, nine points? Is it nine points from, uh, I forget, but we're, we're, we're right on the on the bubble right now, so I really think we can make it uh, into playoffs. Trent, you're making a, push. you're making a push. Uh, and, yeah, so there's been a lot of changes to the league with, uh, with the transfer window closing, uh, new player signings, player transfers, but like Finlay have moved around, uh, and Nagel have moved around. We've got uh, – Nemeth coming back to the league. We, we've got all sorts of things that are going along. Uh, those are all the fantasy reactions I have from this round. Do you guys have anything you want to add to it or mention anything about some of these new signings that just stand out to you? Jamali, that dude came to MLS to play. He, uh, every time we talk about him, I have to give um, Skyler credit. He said that he would be this year's Ladero, and he has honestly done nothing but that. Um, Jamali is just, Really good. <laughs> I, was trying, I was trying to make like a think, think like, of like, a way. He, yeah, I, I was like, all good. Yeah, I don't know. I I don't know. Yeah, he's really good. <laughs> well, it just helps Montreal so much to have another option other than Piotti for defenses to have to handle. I mean, Piotti's so good, but I mean, he's by himself. He he's not a, as potent a threat. Um, now that you have uh, someone who can play off of him. And you can kind of create the width and the spaces that, you know, just Mancoso on his own can't do. Um, and so I, I definitely think Zamali's probably the, the best um, big name that's come in. Uh, we haven't gotten into all the other names, but most of the other names that came in are really problematic for fantasy because for some reason they're coming into positions of wealth. Like, for instance, Christian Nemeth, uh, we know, was really good for Sporting Kansas City a few years ago and was a, a popular fantasy pick. But he's going to a team with Kai Kamara and Juan Angadello. Like, is he going to be rotated in? You know, I, I can't imagine they spent that kind of money to set him on the bench. But then who's he taking the place of and where exactly is he going to fit in and what's his role? And that's a, the same with a lot of other big names. Um, you know, the, the winger that Columbus picked up, uh, how does he fit in with Mene and Higuain? Is Higuain now going to the bench? Are they planning his replacement? Um, but, yeah, I think Zamali is definitely the, the best one uh, out of the bunch. Nice, Ryan. Anything to add? I, nothing really huge except that yeah. I, I don't think Dallas is very good, and I've been saying that all year. <laughs> Hey, they got a clean sheet against Colorado. Um, well, they got a clean sheet, but they didn't score anything against what is not the best defense in the league anymore. Yeah, no, definitely. You're right. That's a, that's a game that not many of us would have even tempted to be pulling players from. So even with the clean sheet chance. Well, they did. They technically did score, but uh, video review reversed it. Oh, I, that's right. That's right. That. <laughs> Which was kind of a questionable VAR, if, you know, to get back to the 
Hey, I hey, that was actually the questionable VAR. The it's new. Getting used to it. No, no hate. Yeah. No hate. I think oh, it's there, great. There's hate if you're Phil uh, Litchford. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, that's what happened in round 23. Uh, I think Mike really nailed it on the head with the general summary. Uh, points were scored. Clean sheets happened. Not really from the sources that we would have thought. So that's why we didn't have as many just massive fantasy scores. So don't worry. Don't worry about it. It happened to everybody. Now let's get into housekeeping. Round 24 is coming up, and it is a bye round and a double game week round. So the schedules have changed some, mostly with LA and Atlanta. Uh, both of those teams are on a bye this round. So no Atlanta players, no LA players. So our favorite switcheroo option in Smith there in the LA back line, 3.4, I think he is now. 3.5. Uh, 3.5. He is uh, the best switcheroo, cheapest switcheroo. Of all time, forever love Smith. Uh, switcher option is great from L.A. Double game week teams, Chicago Fire and the Montreal Impact, we were just talking about. Of those two teams, Montreal has a double home game. So that's something to keep in mind. Uh, Chicago and Montreal do split. Uh, Chicago does split its home and away games this round. The, the round kicks off on Wednesday, August 16th. So we have an early start for this week and next week. So keep that in mind when making your transfers. And, oh, excuse me. And that time is at 7.30 p.m. So I'm uh, going a nice big drink here from my MLS Fantasy Insider podcast glass. and uh, That must be nice. <laughs> well, you know, hey, How can you get one of those nice glasses? Well, you can donate on Patreon, and we'll get to that in just a second. Good uh, second, Mike. <laughs> thank you, Mike. Yeah, that's, that's nice. <laughs> You're so good. Uh, one more thing before that, though. U.S. Open Cup, FC Cincinnati hosting New York Red Bulls on the 15th. So uh, New York Red Bulls are going to go on to play Portland on the 18th in an away game. So keep that in mind when you're picking up players from New York after this game they just had there. So that's three games in about seven days, I think. Uh, could factor into it. Yes, though, Mike, as you mentioned before, Patreon. Thanks to everyone who just joined us for our special first all-access Patreon event that we hosted. Um, it was it was really fun. Everyone at the $5 donor level and above was invited to join as part of the invitation. Normally at those levels, we, we would let people come on before the show and talk to us and ask us questions. And that was hard to schedule and really wanted to make people feel like they were getting out of their donation what what they wanted to and so we just had the idea of having a little live session where people could come on and just chat and we we did before this show happened we had a session where people came on and talked to us we talked about everything from how we were doing our, our teams to fantasy to star wars to board games so thank you so much everyone who joined that and we're going to have another one again next week so if you did not get to join us this time keep an eye out on the patreon page because that's where the link will be posted to join us and that is uh, one hour before we record our podcast. So 8 o'clock Eastern is when those special all-access events will be happening. Uh, also in Patreon news, some of our highest donors get the prize of being able to actually be co-hosts on our show. We had uh, one of them earlier in the season, uh, a couple weeks ago. We're going to have two more in September. So thank you, everyone, for those generous donations that you have given to us. And we're happy to have you on the show to share your insights with us and that's coming up in September. And finally, if you are just thinking to yourself, what is this Patreon thing that people keep talking about? You must be listening to the show for the first time, so thank you, welcome to our show. Patreon is a way for our listeners to donate 
to the show, kind of like a, a GoFundMe or a Kickstarter, if you want to say that. But it helps with creative content. And so we do have fees and, and costs associated with this show to get the prizes like the pint glasses with the MLSFI logo on them, the scarves that we're very close to ordering now to have as prizes for people in our in our league, and the stickers that we like to send out, as well as the hosting fees and other fees associated with having the the podcast and with the website. So all of that adds up and we are so blessed and just thankful that we have people who like what we produce so much that they're willing to help us do that and share the cost because we do this for you all and uh, you all make it easier to do it that way. So if you are interested in, in donating at all, uh, no level is too much. You can head over to patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash M-L-S-F-I and uh, check it out. If you don't want to donate and just want to listen, that's fine too. I am still going to love you, but Jason's not. Nope. You have to uh, donate for me to love you. And thank you again for everybody for coming on to the special um, thingamajigger on All YouTube. Access. All access. <laughs> no, thank you guys. It was, it was really fun uh, talking with you guys, chatting with you. Um, and yeah, I love you because you donate and help us out. So thank you. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun to, to get some questions. We had some good conversations about the double game week, and ho hopefully we'll have some good conversations here again. We'll have to repeat what we already did. It was, <laughs> it was a good, good conversation, yeah. Practice. Well, the most important part of housekeeping is where we're at now. Mike, the injury report. Okay, well, already spoiled the first thing. That's Kakao, red card, no appeal. He will be suspended for their match against Columbus. Um, Hagelin for Toronto, he is out six to eight weeks with um, his injury, so that, that's a blow for them going into the stretch run. Um, Tabla for Montreal, he's had that um, transfer saga, but that was supposedly resolved, but then again, he's now out Wednesday with, quote, a throat infection, um, so I, I would be very dubious. Obviously, he's out one of the games of the double game week, um, kind of questionable. Uh, for Christian Nemeth, um, New England has already kind of said he's going to take some time. Um, he did not. He was just in preseason with his Qatari club, and he hadn't played since March fourth. So he's going to be have a while for fitness. So um, don't expect him starting. Uh, I'm not even sure he'll be in the 18 for the next few weeks. Uh, Layton, uh, kind of the same situation. He's going to be a while. I, I think they're having some paperwork issues with visas and, and the like. Deshaun Brown for DC United. Uh, he left early, but he was replaced by Patrick Mullins, who um, is, is, apparently is now healthy again. That makes me happy, but it doesn't do too much for DC United. Um, Giovanni Dos Santos, in a tradition unlike any other, was this week's LA Galaxy undisclosed injury. He had a hamstring issue. Uh, obviously, there is no timetable because it's the Los Angeles Galaxy, but um, I'm, I'm guessing he's a possibility for... Um, the next week, which will be, you know, the double game week, since obviously they're on a bye this week. Uh, and one of our other favorites, Quincy Ameriqua, returned from injury. He had a bad, very serious leg injury last year. Uh, he saw the field again in uh, San Jose's game. So uh, welcome Quincy back. So happy. Um, so happy, but unfortunately, Axel Hoberry, he went down, lower body injury. He's had injury issues this year. Uh, he's one of our other favorites. So um, yeah, uh, Matias Laba, he has is getting an MRI on his knee. No official word yet, but it, it does not look good. You expect him to miss some time. He's also apparently a talk of transfer rumors, so he might be gone permanently from uh, Vancouver. Uh, Gleason for Portland, he left early. I'm not 
quite sure what the injury is, but we haven't gotten an official timetable yet. Maybe expect that tomorrow or Tuesday when if you're listening to this on Tuesday. Uh, Ring and Ethan White for New York City, they will both be suspended for yellow card accumulation. Um, now, on yellow card accumulation, Bash and Schweinsager did earn excuse me, the good behavior incentive, so he should be good to go for both games as far as yellow card warning. Um, and then Jonathan Spector for Orlando, he will miss two to three weeks. Um, I think he was a knee injury. But I, I might be wrong about that. Um, so he will be out for a little bit of time. Uh, they had uh, Redding subbing in for him uh, in the last match. So those are all the injuries and suspensions that uh, I know of, unless you all saw something else. Uh, I think that's all I saw. Uh, one thing that did come up during our conversation that I think is pointing out right now, if you are looking at uh, Chicago players to add to your team this week, you may notice that Dak still has a red exclamation point next to his name for illness. And as Mike pointed out during during the all-access part of the show, um, he did play, so that's likely not something to worry about. <clears throat> yeah, I think the biggest Chicago injury question um, is, I, I should have put it on here, is Vincent. He had a quad strain that kept him out of last week's match. Uh, I don't know if he'll be available for this week. Uh, we'll, we'll see. Chicago's one of the better teams as far as injury news, so probably have something tomorrow about it. Well, great. Thank you so much, Mike. Anybody else? No? Okay, well, thanks so much. I hope you guys uh, found that helpful. I think the injury report is one of the most valuable things that, that we have uh, on the show, and thank you so much, Mike, for doing that every week at your at uh, MLS Injury News Twitter account. No problem. Moving on to our Round 24 preview, probably the other reason why you guys have started listening to the show, not just the injury reports, but the player previews. We're going to start out with our double game week teams <laughs> and then break everything else down in a team-by-team -team, uh, section. First, though, some questions that came in from Reddit I think are worth highlighting right now, especially since Ryan has some great insight on this first one. Uh, the question is, is it better to go with double game with defenders who probably won't get a clean sheet or gamble with clean sheet hunting? And, Ryan, you've been looking at just sort of defenders in general, right? Yeah, yeah, clean sheets versus bonus points versus even sometimes some of those um, – some of those uh, – fullbacks that tend to get up the field and maybe even score some assists and I'm, I'm going to be publishing an article sometime in the next maybe month or so hopefully that'll uh, address this further but uh wanted to give some initial thoughts on it yeah so what do you think about just deep what's a good defender strategy in your opinion well uh initially so Maybe a little context. Uh, maybe I'll, th I'll throw out a couple words here that will sound very unfamiliar to a lot of people. <laughs> um, but there's a there's a, a type of um, you can call it a distribution of things in, in statistics called a Poisson distribution, and that's what goals tend to fall uh, fall into. And so what what we end up doing is I I take this Poisson distribution, and what we're trying to do is we're trying to figure out how many points are the defenders likely to score. From clean sheet, so I don't I don't care whether or not they get a clean sheet. I care how much, or how what are their chances of actually scoring a, a clean sheet, and so we can figure out based off of the opponent's expected goals um, for, and then the typical uh, expected goals against that the home team has, or the well, it's usually the home team, I suppose, <laughs> when you're looking at clean sheets. Oh, uh, and, and then uh, you, you basically end up taking a, you find out a good good I guess. Sometimes it's an average of those numbers. Um, I'm trying to come up with a better way of doing it, but 
let's just call it the average of those numbers. And then you, you run that through this, this uh, Poisson distribution. And you're not only looking at clean sheets, you're also looking at, well, what are the chances that the other team scores two point, or two goals? Because that means negative one points. So, and then every, if they score three or four goals or five goals or even, I think I go up to six goals, that's pretty rare. <laughs> but, um, so you can't just take into account clean sheets, you also have to take into account the fact that the other team might score more than, um, more than one goal in the game. And so that's, that's really where, where we come up with this expected value of actually um, scoring a clean sheet. And so the highest one this week, maybe I'll, maybe I'm giving a little bit too much ahead <laughs> for the, okay. So the highest one this week is, um, is actually sporting Kansas city against FC Dallas. Uh, they are expected for defenders and this is different for midfielders, but for defenders, you're expected if you were to pick a, a Kansas city defender, um, they are expected to get 1.77 points just off of, uh, let's say you were to take an, an infinite number of games that were played out between Kansas City and, and Dallas, um, you, were, you would be expected to get 1.77 points every single game on average for each of those defenders that played the, um, play the full 90. That would be, you really don't end up with much more than, let's say, a 40% chance for home teams to get clean sheets. And so I, I don't recommend clean sheet hunting on a, as just a, a general rule. I, I'd say if you're going to clean heat sheet hunt, clean sheet hunt the people that gets, get bonus points. <laughs> because uh, the difference between, let's say, a Kansas City and um, I've got the, that's just a, a middling Orlando City or let's say even Chicago versus Toronto. That's like a 1.2 points. So you're only expected to get like half a point more. In, in each one of these games, if you're trying to clean sheet hunt, and it, it's it's thinking, so do you do you want to pick a player that doesn't get um, a lot of bonus points but has a good clean sheet? Well, let's say that there's another player out there that may not have as good of a clean sheet option, but they two bonus points every single game. Well, then at that point, then you're, that player is going to be likely higher than even sometimes the best player on some of these really good clean sheet chances. What you're saying is that bonus points are still legitimate even though Mike is moving away from them. <laughs> yes. Yes, they're they're a they play a huge part and even even sometimes the offensive production with uh, Nick Lima or obviously Madranda with playing out of position, the offense is Yeah, so I, that's a great method to figure that out. I know clean sheet hunting's been uh, very important to many players who like to try to make up gaps. I know it really helped me this round, but they have been been kind of rare. I know we've had several rounds where just been one, maybe two games or three teams total who who came up with clean sheets. So um, it seems like for these questionable double game weeks, and it may be worth picking up a a double game week player who is consistent with bonus points, and you just hope that perhaps he'll get a clean sheet. Uh, but otherwise, those single game week players should equally be in our conversation. Is that fair? So I, I, I actually cut out there, it looks like, for, for a little bit, but I think I get the gist of what you're saying. And I would actually say go all out, go all out on double game week um, nope. defenders if you think that they're going to play both games. If they play both games, you're guaranteed to get four points just in um, – or, or I guess you could say two more points than um, than anybody else, and the the highest 
expected value of a clean sheet that I have for any defender is 1.77. So you're autom you're automatically just by having them play a full 90 in both games, or even just a full 60 if they get above the full 60, you're automatically having a higher expected value than even the highest clean sheet chance scoring. Unless it's Lawrence Simon because he's guaranteed to get a red card. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> well, that, that leads us into some of our next question. Um, with with the two teams that we have, one of them having a double home game, is this a fantasy round where we should be going with eight double game week players? Uh, I know we talked about some of this before the show started. Jason, what do you think? Yeah, yeah so, so with Montreal having two double game – or I'm sorry, a double game week and both games being at home – uh, first game against Chicago and the second game against RSL. Um, I'm heavily investing in um, the Montreal uh, team. So Montreal had a game week, a double game week in round 20. Um, they did okay. But since Piotti has been back and healthy, Piotti has actually scored two goals and an assist um, in his last two games, um, both uh, – one one game playing 90 minutes, the other playing 88. Um, they've just been a different team with Piotti on the field. And uh, Jamali has also really been a catalyst for them as well. Um, he has scored um, two goals and one assist in the last uh, two games as well. And he's played 90 minutes for the past uh, six, seven games. Um, so he's, you know, he's done really well for them. But um, I actually think that, uh, well, first for the for the very first game against Chicago, um, Chicago has actually lost their last uh, three away games, um, conceding at least two goals uh, in in, the, in their last four away games. So I think that this is a very good bet to bet on um, the offense of Montreal, which I think that Jamali and Piatti have to be in your lineup. Um, and then uh, Montreal play at home again to RSL. Now, I'm not sure if RSL is flying back to Salt Lake and then flying back to Montreal or if they're just going from D.C. to Montreal. But either way, it's still across the nation um, playing on turf. So I would, I would expect uh, Montreal to win both of these games. I think that they're going to beat Chicago probably, I'd say, 3-1, to one, maybe 4-1. to one. And then I... I do see them beating RSL, um, I think, by a 1-0 margin, maybe a 2-1, maybe draw 1-1, but I think that game's going to be a lot closer. Uh, but my fantasy standouts for for this Double Game Week Montreal team are going to be uh, Jamali and Piatti, and then I really like uh, Duval at 4.6 as an attacking um, back. And then uh, I think Evan Bush is solid at 5.5 for a double game week keeper. Mm. Uh, so Ryan, Chicago is the other team that is playing the double game week this round. Um, do you think that they're going to be a team worth getting four players from to get a full double up? Or how do you think Chicago will just pan out in general? So I actually have four Chicago players in my uh, lineup, not in my starting lineup, but in my lineup in general. Oh. And um, so I, I think that they've got pretty good chances. Uh, I, I've got, um, let's see, Nico's my number. Uh, what have I got him? Pull up my stats here. Uh, he's my number. What do we got? 
five ranked player this week. Um, but uh, David Com is my is my number one Chicago player, but I have no idea if he's actually going to play or not. <laughs> um, he he hasn't played a full ninety uh, since round five, so I I'm not totally sure if he'll be able to to play both games, and so that's that's a that's a rotation risk. That's a, a chance that he won't be as good. But given that he's the second best player on my on my list right now, <laughs> it might still be worth it to play him. But it's just he he costs so much and and um. For that for that level of risk, I don't know that I want to do him. Um, anyways, so uh, overall, I think um, the score predictions that I've got for Chicago, I think Chicago actually has a decent chance. This is rare that I say this, but I think they have a decent clean sheet chance at Montreal. Not, I wouldn't recommend them getting into the defenders just for clean sheet chances, just because of what I just said a few minutes ago. <laughs> um, but <laughs> I think that they have a decent chance, and I'm going to go um, two one. Montreal, or excuse me, two one Chicago for that game. Oh, and um, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna go that side. And then the Toronto one, I, I, that's a lot harder. <laughs> I, I think I have to go two one with that one. But overall, I, I would say take take a ton of Chicago players if you think that they'll play the full at least sixty minutes, just so you can get the the, the two points for each of those games. I'm uh, I'm a fan of having high floor. <laughs> high floor players in my in my lineup, and that's what I think you should do. Uh, Who are your four that, top players from Chicago? Akam, Nico. If they play, and this is this is if they play, um, Akam, duty, but that's a small sample size. I'll warn against that. He's only played what three games yeah, this put year. A little asterisk next to his name. Hmm. Yeah, so he's my second one ahead of Nico, actually. Um, and then uh, I'm not even going to count um, Arturo Alvarez because he hasn't played in a while, I think. Um, so I'm going to count. So Dax McCarty is my next one, followed very closely by um, Kapelhoff. But McCarty, Kapelhoff, Akam, I, I, don't, I don't know if they're going to play. I, I just don't know. So yeah, no, I that... do not have my team. <laughs> very solid. Okay, Mike, we're going to move into our single-game week teams right now, and I'm going to have you talk about Portland and New York Red Bulls. But before you do that, I'm going to let you weigh in there. Yes or no, is this an eight-double-game-week player week for you? I don't think it has to be, but that's my original um, starting eight. Um, I have – I mean, look, Piotti and Zamali are pretty much must-haves this week. Um, I, I don't think you can justify leaving them out uh, unless you're just going wacky differential. Um, after that, I, and you, I think it's really hard to pass up uh, Nikolic. He's the second overall in the Golden Boot, and yeah, he's away in Colorado, and Chicago struggled away, but it's away at Montreal, and then he has a home match. So um, I, I think it's hard to to pass him completely. Uh, and then when you look at Schweinsteiger and McCarty, for me, I have a hard time passing them either with how consistent they are in, in terms of bonus points. While I do, am I? While I'm down on bonus points for single game weeks, for double game weeks, I'm absolutely not. For both of these players, they're generally getting at least five points, so you're looking at ten uh, right there as long as they just do what they normally do. Both of those players have played um, over 60 minutes uh, in the past double game weeks, so I feel reasonably confident. So for for me, I'm thinking this is at least a six-player with those, and then I add in two Montreal defenders, Bush and Duvall, like Jason said, because I think they have – two decent shots at, at clean sheets or at least getting bonus points. Um, while I do think there's a whole bunch of 
juicy clean sheet opportunities and some really good or, or lopsided offensive matchups um, in the single game weeks. Uh, I, I do have eight um, double game weeks players oh, in, nice. in my lineup right now. All right. Well, tell us about Portland and New York Red Bulls. Well, the big thing here is what we don't know yet, and that's what happens in the Open Cup. Uh, we saw last week with San Jose and Sporting Kansas City, especially if you go 120 minutes, it really takes the gas out of you for that next game. Uh, and especially with the Red Bulls having to fly across, then playing on turf on, on kind of a shortened schedule, you know, Tuesday night in the Open Cup, Friday night uh, in this match. Uh, I think that's a lot to ask for the Red Bulls. Um, they've been generally good, but they've generally been good at home against bad teams. And while Portland's kind of struggled defensively, they're very good offensively and they're very good at home. So I think this is probably a 3-1 uh, win for Portland. Uh, one of the bigger questions is whether Adi plays. We, we simply don't know that yet. We, we may know that before the transfer deadline. Uh, but especially if Adi plays, I, I would expect them to have a lot of success against a tired Red Bulls team. Um, I think your, your picks here, uh, you're probably looking most at Valeri. You don't want any of the Red Bulls players um, on the road with a midweek game. Uh, it, it's just not worth it here uh, unless you're just going to kind of go to the wacky differential with BWP or Valeri. Um, I, I think your best option here from both sides is Valeri. I think Valeri is the only player I would consider putting in over a double game week player. Oh, nice, nice. Ryan, Orlando versus Columbus. I don't know. Columbus doesn't really have that good of a defense. Orlando's offense hasn't been all that good recently. I, I wouldn't even pick anybody. Carlos Rivas, maybe, if you want a, a budget option. Um, but even even so, he's down, like, number 70 on my list. I, I, <laughs> it's, it's pretty bad uh, for both teams right now. Columbus, I would avoid, like, the plague in this one. Um, Orlando, Columbus, 1-1. One, one. No, it that's fair. Yeah. No options is a viable response to to these questions for fantasy picks. Jason, Sporting Kansas City versus Dallas. So, um, Kansas City had the best defense uh, in the league for the better part of this season, but they haven't kept a clean sheet in seven games. Ooh. Um, you know, me being an RSO fan and all loving SKC is, uh, you know, everybody knows that we love everyone from SKC. But um, <laughs> I think that this uh, could be a week where SKC does get a shutout at home against Dallas. Um, I personally am not picking anybody from either one of these teams. Uh, I just think that they're, like I said last week, um, there's certain games that I think that you are uh, – Better off investing in players uh, for more favorable matchups. Um, <clears throat> but I could see this game going 1-0 one, one uh, Kansas City, but I also could see a Rudy finally getting a goal where VAR goes his way, and he actually gets it. So um, uh, I'm, I'm going to say 1-1 one, one, sporting Kansas City and Dallas, but uh, I'm not going to pick anybody from either one of these games. Okay. Ryan, back to you for Colorado versus D.C. Again, this is going to be a boring game. I, <laughs> you end up with a an okay defense versus a not-so-great team. 1-1. Uh, one, one. Don't touch it. The Colorado defenders, I, I would say Colorado defenders, uh, but they're too expensive and they don't get any bonus points. So it's not worth the clean sheet chance that they have. 
Okay, Mike, Vancouver versus Houston. Well, th this one's kind of the same way uh, as the last two. Um, I mean, Houston on the road, we, we've seen how um, that just hasn't worked. Now, with Vancouver without Laba, I think Houston might have a little bit more success. I, I would actually kind of tap them as an upset possibility. But your most likely result here is like 1-1 one, one, um, with like a Freddie Montero go, goal. Um, none of these players, I think, are lucrative enough to, to merit consideration over a double game week player. Um, none of them consists or score consistently. The, the only one who does is Alex, and he might be on his way out for Martinez, so there's enough rotation question there that I, I think you're passing on everyone from uh, Houston and Vancouver this week. Jason, San Jose versus Philly. So uh, Philadelphia in their last three away games have scored a grand total of one goal um, where San Jose Earthquakes have out of their last six games, they've only won two, and those have been their lone two home games. And they have scored a grand total of three goals. Um, I like San Jose to win this uh, one nil, maybe two nil. Um, I don't foresee uh, Philly getting on um, getting on the board. Um, I do like San Jose, maybe a Nick Lima as a cheap switcheroo option. Um, but other than that, I really don't know uh, if I like any of these players. Mike, correct me if I'm wrong, but is Godoy still out? Yes, I think okay. so. I think he's got one more week out. Okay, least. yes. So Godoy being out actually does impact that a lot. So I'm going to change my prediction to 1-0. One, uh, one and, um, you know, Captain America himself, Chris Wondolowski, <coughs> will, prob will probably score that goal. Um, TK actually told me to say that and tell everybody how much he loves him. So um, – but, yeah, if I were to pick anybody, I think Nick Lima would be the only one to pick from this. Um, I'm steering clear from any of these players, but, uh, yeah. Let, let me update that. Uh, Goodoy might be back for this week. It's like two to three weeks, uh, the beginning of the month, so that would be around this time. Uh, there was some speculation he might be back for the Open Cup, but I don't think he was. I'm, gonna, I'm trying to double-check that right now. but um, So he, he's kind of up in the air for this game. Well, San Jose had a strange roster for the Open Cup anyway, so it's not really sure what was going on with that. Yeah. Okay, Mike, uh, New York City versus New England. Well, this is going to be one that's impacted for New York City defensively. Um, you know, they already have had uh, Chanel out for, for some time, um, and, and now they're going to be without Alex Ring, and they'll be out without um, Ethan White. So they'll have to have R.J. Allen um, – I'm hoping it'll be Mikey Lopez instead of, like, say, Andre Pirlo. But they will get Maxi Morales back from yellow card accumulation. Um, these teams have played before. It, it was a draw. I think it was a 2-2 draw. Um, but I think it was one that New York City probably should have uh, won uh, by expected goals. So um, th this is one where I think David Villa is a viable option. Um, I, I would, you know, if this was a single game week, uh, you would look at Maxi Morales. Personally, I think the midfield options are – there are better options than Maxim Morales for the midfield this week. But, um, you know, if you're really inclined because New England's had so many problems defensively, I, I wouldn't think you're crazy for going for Maxim Morales. Um, and then obviously, David V is pretty much a consideration every week. And certainly at home against New England, uh, there's nothing in that matchup that's going to make you automatically go, go away for him. So this is probably a 2 1 win for the Pigeons. Um, the, the New, New England might have some success um, with. New, 
New York City's defensive absences, but I, I think in general we've seen them struggle on the road, and, and I wouldn't expect that to change this week. All right, and the final game, we have Seattle versus Minnesota. Ryan. Well, as much as I hate to admit it, sitting here in Minneapolis wearing my Minnesota United shirt, uh, go all out on the Seattle offense against what is still the worst defense in the league. I've got um, Dempsey. Uh, Bruin is a steal at his price. Even if he only plays 70 minutes, I think he's been playing probably averaging somewhere to 70 to 75 minutes. But even if he only plays that much, he's still um, crazy good at that price. Uh, Lodero, I've uh, I've got in my team. If you want a little bit cheaper option, Roldan is, is pretty good. He gets, I think, a lot of bonus points. Um, one defender outside of Montreal and, and uh, Chicago. I won't be taking him because I'm taking four of the uh, of the aforementioned teams. But um, if you want a, a really good defensive option, I think Jones is is, is a good one. I mean, just I I've got. I've got I, – did I have four players from Seattle on my team? Only three. I only have three players from Seattle on my team. But still, <laughs> that would be my round-out team if you want to round out your uh, eight-person um, uh, double-game weight teams. I'd round it out with Seattle. Can you bring yourself to have a score prediction? Oh, yes, yes. Seattle three, Minnesota one. I think Minnesota still gets one in this one. Oh, do you? And breaks the clean sheet record that they have going. Maybe not a record. The wrong they have going. Wrong. Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us how you really feel. Fake news, guys. Fake news. <laughs> okay, so Jason is not. What do you think, Jason? Three zero. Uh, I'm. I'm actually going to go um, FBL, and I'm going four um, nil. To be completely wow. honest with you. I'll bring back in the 4-0. We've had several of those recently. Okay, we'll see what happens. I'll have to write that one down talk about it next week. Player picks. Guys, okay, what, who do you think is going to be the player in your team for these positions? Uh, maybe not just yet, but at this point in time, who are you looking at? Uh, Jason Keepers. Evan Bush. Okay, Ryan. I've got Lampson. And Mike. That reminds me, I probably should have said that Bava's uh, injured, so definitely no pick him up. Um, but you should see that on the website. But anyway, my pick is Bush, and I have as a backup the Louisiana man, Tarbell. Ah. Keep it at hometown. Keep it at hometown, and he had a great week the past week. Uh, I think he has a decent clean cheat shot, so might get some uh, value rise from that. Ryan, defenders. I have Mera, Simon, and Duval uh, because all of them tend to get a lot of bonus points. And then I've got Duty in a switcheroo with Rodney Wallace because Duty is—I I, believe—he started. He started the last three games and played all ninety. So I would expect that that's going forward. What's what's going to happen? And I would rather take Duty over um, the injury <laughs> concerns of of the other Chicago defenders. Hashtag Dare to Duty. We'll bring it back. Uh-huh. It's not the first time we've had that going around. Mike. Uh, I have uh, Duval. I have Icopara. And then I have a switcheroo with uh, Mira and Lima. Uh, excuse me, Lima. Okay, Jason. Um, Duval, Jones, and I have a switcheroo with Mira and Leardam. Ooh. Hmm. 
Why him? Um, to be honest with you, I really just like Seattle's attacking threat. Um, and with, uh, with Romain Torres and Marshall in the middle, it really gives uh, Jones and their Dom room to just attack um, up the flanks. And both of them are speedy, um, very attack-minded uh, fullbacks. And um, since their Dom has come in, he has posted um, a 1, a 16, a 10, and two sevens. So for 5.4 uh, in a team that has had four consecutive clean sheets, give me more of that. Yeah, solid. Yeah, Lear Dom, I can add to that. Lear Dom has got one and a half shots a game. So, yeah, he's I love it. moving forward. <laughs> Mike, midfielders. Well, as I said earlier, uh, I have the Montreal duo, Piotti and Zamali. I uh, also have a Chicago duo, Schweinsteiger and McCarty. And then I top it off with my fifth midfielder, Nicholas Ladero. Okay, Jason. As um, our good buddy Timothy Shaw would say, Jamali uh, and Piotti. Um, I'm going to go a little bit against the – well, I wouldn't say against the grain, but um, I realistically just can't afford Ladero. Um, so I'm uh, bringing in uh, Roldan and Valeri. And Roldan, just if you guys know, for his price at 7.8, um, he has been averaging a ridiculous amount of points. In his last five games, he's posted an 8, an 18, a 6, a 7, and an 8. So uh, for, a, for a budget midfielder, Roldan is your man. Yeah, great value. Great value indeed. Ryan? I have Piatti and Jamali and Ladero, but I have uh, Rodney Wallace is in that aforementioned switcheroo with duty. Mm, double switcheroo. Mm, I like it. No, not a double bad. switcheroo. Not you a got double, sh- only nope. got one. Yes, it is. It's a double switcheroo. You just said the same duty switcheroo again, Jason. It's just one switcheroo. Shh, Michael, I have pictures showing that you <laughs> confirmed the double switcheroo, so shut up. <laughs> nope. No, you don't. Yes, They're I do. Wrong. They're all wrong. Jason. Unless you want me to play Dilem, which is my backup. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, forward, so um, I have Dempsey, David Villa, and then even though uh, Nikolic has cooled off, I still think that uh, th- this is kind of like his last prayer for me. Um, or is that is that the how you say it? Last prayer for me. Anyway, this I, is I, last, call it, I call it his geo moment. Yeah, this is his last shot for me because he has disappointed me numerous times, but this is a chance where he can redeem himself. So if you're listening, please do something, please. <laughs> and if you're listening, would you like to come on our show? Absolutely. Oh, and by the way, Ola Kamara, um, you still haven't come on our show and you said you would. So Columbus crew, people. <laughs> so please, please. That's, wah, wah. So please. Ryan, forwards. I've got Nikolic. Uh, Dempsey is actually my, I think he's my number one player outside of the other um, the double game week players and then uh, via is my third Mike uh, I just have two uh, right now it's Nikolic and Dempsey but via would be my third as well okay and captain Ryan Piatti if I think he'll play all of both games which I'm not totally sure if he will yet <laughs> otherwise Mike. it'd be Nico. I oh, okay. 
and Jason. Has to be Piotti with his form. Okay, triple, triple. And finally, clean sheet chance, Mike. Uh, I think the best clean sheet chance, no, shoot, I just put this down. Um, best clean sheet chance is, uh, I think it's Sporting Kansas City against Dallas. Uh, I think your second one is Colorado against D.C. Um, Dallas has just been unable to score at, at all, really, this year. Uh, and D.C., even with Mullins back and, and with getting Paul Paul Ariola, uh, I don't think it's going to click for them yet. And, and Colorado is decent enough at home where I think it's a good good shout for a clean sheet. Okay, Jason. So considering I was technically two for two last week uh, because I did say if Philadelphia were to get Blake back, then I would give them a clean sheet. But if not, then no. Um, I'm going to go three for three this week and tell you right now, you heard it here first, that Seattle will definitely get a clean sheet, 4-0. I think that San Jose Earthquakes will get a clean sheet, 1-0. And I think that Montreal is good for at least one clean sheet this week. And then next week, Jason will not be on the show. I actually will not be. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Ryan, you're the man with the numbers. Clean sheet chances. Well, I thought I'd be the only one saying this, but I was saying Sporting Kansas City versus Dallas. That was that was my number one. They've got uh, – I'll give you the numbers here. There's .93 expected goals against – um, for for um, SKC, and uh, with a total of 1.72 expected points for those Sporting Kansas City defenders, and then San Jose, I got my num as my number two, and then my number three would be maybe the consensus pick that a lot of people think, but I don't think it uh, is the Seattle uh, versus Minnesota. All right. Well, thank you guys for all of those picks and player recommendations and, and insights. I hope they help everyone else going forward. I know I always enjoy looking at the chalkboard whenever I'm trying to finalize my, my choices. So there you guys go. If you're trying to figure out who to put in, those are what the experts or at least our fantasy insiders think. And now it is time for community time, my favorite part of the show. The r slash fantasy MLS top scorer this round goes to SC Carlson, a manager of South Meadowbrook with 100 points. Congrats, man. Uh, that's just seven points off of the highest score of the round, so you did awesome. Good job. Good job. Uh, and, of course, we have a special Patreon head-to-head -head league just for our Patreon donors, all of them. No, no, uh price point put on that one uh, everything stayed the same rj gage at least in the top three rj gage is still at top alex bruni is right behind him and then third is mark prince medal so you guys are keeping steady then it's, it's getting close to the end we'll see who who big brings this one home and finally a little bit of a shake up in the hosts head-to-head -head league with the mls fantasy insider hosts head-to-head -head podcast league uh i'm back on top that's right. I am number one. Fantasy Football 24-7 is second, and Blaine has dropped down to third. So tough times. Uh, I took on Jason. Uh, do you want to talk about this one, Jason? You want me to? Well, I was beating you, and I thought I'd beat you until your stupid auto-sub came right. in. My switcheroo <laughs> brought me from the depths of defeat into success. So that was uh, a great win for me. I had 66 points. Jason had 67 points. So what he thought was just a narrow win turned into a disappointing loss. 
uh, 72 to 67. So well fought though, sir. Well fought. Yes. I, I, I cried myself to sleep. So <laughs> I should, uh, Blaine took on fantasy football 24 seven, who had one of the highest scores of the round, not the highest score, but he lost 58 to 78. Phil took on Andrew crawler and he won 77 to 68. Ivan the terrible from fantasy football first, uh, just lost to Mr. Guy Sanchez, 70 to 78. Uh, other high scores. Lots of 70 points in our league this time. Uh, Tim Shaw just lost to Mike. How did that go, Mike? Um, I've lost most of the one-point games I've been involved in. I also have two draws, but this time uh, I beat Tim, uh, as is befitting for a New York City fan against a New York Red Bulls fan. <laughs> New York Red Bulls lost, and New York remains blue. Mm, there it goes. 75-76. Very close game. Uh, Simon took on Travis, and he won 77-72. to And then finally, the MLS head-to-head game, uh, the rivalry week, so I guess we could say. Ben Bear from MLS took on Andrew Wiebe, our MLS taco. And congratulations, Ben Bear, on the win that you uh, were going to get, and you did it in style with 79 points, getting the highest score of the whole round. So congrats, Ben. Good job. Good job. Uh, poke fun at Andrew or put up some sort of graffiti on the bear cave and, and just, just let him know that, that you won. Moving on to the next round, round 24. Mike is going to take on Andrew Weeby. Congrats on your win, Mike. Uh, Guy Sanchez is taking on Ben Bear from MLS. Andrew Crawler is taking on Simon. Fantasy Football 24-7 is going up against Tim. Jason is taking on Fantasy Football first. That's Ivan. Blaine is taking on Phil. And I am going up against Travis. So it should be some good times for that next round. Uh, tough league. Tough league. Uh, what about you, Ryan? Are you in any interesting leagues you'd like to talk about right now? I am in the Minnesota United one. <laughs> Again, this is my first year, so I actually didn't join uh, a huge number of them. But um, definitely this next year I'm going to be getting into uh, probably quite a few. And it's nice. You only get to manage one team. I'm used to fantasy football where every single league you're in, you have to manage a separate team. So it's <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. Do you have any friends that are in it that you get to play around with? Uh, well, I guess my uh, my Twitter followers. So that, <laughs> right oh, yeah. now, I'm the, I think the only person that I really know personally that uh, that does this stuff. So that's uh, it's okay. It's okay. In, so working in, in, in a pool of thirty thousand people, it's it's a little bit hard to find one that's you know, I I know personally. <laughs> well, it's it's growing. It's growing. Yeah. All right. Well, that is all that we have for the show today. Uh, let's wrap everything up. Jason, any plugs? Uh, we'll be having an article out for uh, or on MLS.com here, I think, probably Wednesday. Maybe tomorrow, but probably Wednesday. Um, so keep an eye out for it. It's going to be discussing the um, uh, options for uh, double and triple switcheroo and how to properly execute it. No, it's not. It's going to be about turnaround teams. Don't listen to him. <laughs> that too, maybe. Uh, nothing other than uh, follow me at, at, at MLS Injuries. Ryan. And uh, follow me at, uh, at MLS Fantasy Stats on Twitter. That's what I got so far. And, of course, you can check out things that Ryan and Jason post over at MLSFantasyBoss.com. You can also see the charts that I post there as well as articles that I write for MLSSoccer.com. Catch me every now and then on the United States of Soccer. And please do head on over to Reddit to participate in that community. It's uh, just a great place where people share ideas and rate my teams. And uh, it's a good resource, even if you're 
a veteran player to always sit down there and bounce some ideas off of someone. So check out all of those things as you're going through. Uh, and if you have any other fantasy resources that you'd like to share with us, let us know. We'd be happy to plug them on the show or give them some exposure at Reddit or through the Fantasy Boss website. So with that being said, good luck.